Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the True Blue A podcast. It's been two weeks, Eric Steven. You and I are talking again, though. We are. <laughs> Much, we're, you know, we're a pretty strong duo, I would say. Uh, you know, so almost as good as Rob Bass and uh, DJ Easy Rock, uh, who uh, recorded It Takes Two. And we are, we are also taking two today. Uh, this well, we is took, our second. Yeah, we took yeah. two because we, you, yeah. you know, the. Kind of the period between you. There's that first like couple of weeks after the World Series where there's a lot of kind of going on stuff to talk about, and then there's the winter meetings which are coming up, and then there's a lot of air. Usually not a lot of happening. We thought that might be one of the weeks, and we were right. First yeah. actual major news um, in the last two weeks happened just a few hours ago, so we're ready to talk about that. A lot of small transactional stuff happened in the last two weeks. We'll talk about that. And then you and I are going to talk a little bit about the winter meetings, some trade rumors, some good stuff like that. Absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, we, we were we were correct in assuming uh, that nothing was going to happen over the Thanksgiving week. And for outside of procedural stuff, nothing really did. So once again, adding to our un, unblemished record of predictions uh, throughout this podcast history. Yeah, we've never been wrong. Ever. Yasiel Puig agrees. Mm-hmm. Anywho, moving on. So let's talk about Dave Roberts. Uh, you, you and I were expecting basically the news that came out today that he signed 
it was announced as a new deal, right? As opposed yeah. to a three-year extension. So probably getting a little bit of a raise in there. So including this upcoming season, it's through the 2022 season. I don't think, last I looked, financial terms weren't disclosed. No, they usually they usually aren't. Now and then it gets leaked. Now and then doesn't. It doesn't really matter uh, in terms of the fan because it doesn't affect anything payroll-wise. So Dave Roberts back four years. It was interesting. I checked the comments on both. MLB trade rumors of this occurring, and I checked the comments on the baseball subreddit. Baseball subreddit, very, I would dare I say, level-headed. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, good. You know, he's been to the World Series twice. MLB trade rumors, it was nonstop. Oh, thanks, Dodgers. Signed every other team in baseball. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> just like, yeah, 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 every other team really <laughs> very not envious of what the Dodgers have done, you know, outside of the Astros and outside of the Red Sox. Yeah, I, I'm beginning to think like uh, it, it's just—it's so weird. Like sports fandom is so odd. Like dumb, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of dumb. Like you know, you look at it and like there's literally like 28 other teams who would have killed for a chance to get to the World Series, and it's like if you—it's like losing the World Series negates getting there somehow. Like, like uh, you know, oh, the Dodgers are the new Buffalo Bills. It's like yeah, sure. But, like, let's take a step back for a second. Like, the Bills did not win a, a Super Bowl. They got to four straight, though. And, like, that in itself is, is an accomplishment. And I'm, I'm obviously the ultimate accomplishment is winning. But, like, the fact that that's, like, thought of as, like, they're thought of as, like, some joke franchise because of that. Like, is, I, I think it's is, fair like, to argue, laughable. and I do this, as a fan of many, many teams that are really, yeah. really good at making the playoffs and very, very poor at winning them, mm-hmm. that I think it is a more painful existence to root for the buffalo bills than you know the the cleveland browns but i wouldn't say it is a better experience i think it is fun to watch your team do well in most of the games and series they play so uh, i think i think nba fans get this better um understand this a little bit better than baseball fans just because there's for whatever reason not been a lot of parity in the nba in certain areas we have the warriors era now and lebron era now we had the michael jordan era for whatever reason, whenever I've looked at basketball fans, maybe outside of you Laker fans, which mm-hmm. I've, I've avoided, there and there's mm-hmm. been less of a championship or nothing mentality, uh, which I think is healthy. And I encourage our listeners who aren't a part of that to kind of enjoy the small moments and the very, very big victories. I'm kind of there as a basketball fan. I'll just as an aside, you know, look, I grew up my, my first like, Laker team that I watched was like the 86 87 team which would had Magic Johnson it was Showtime in full effect so like kind of spoiled in that regard and like um and you know it was I, I'm you know championship or bust is probably the mentality I had for a while but I will say this the in 2009 when the Lakers won the first time post Shaq that they won they beat Orlando in the finals I like I didn't feel anything when they won like it was like Oh, okay. Like, I'm, I'm, isn't this supposed to be like some sort of accomplishment or something? And then, <laughs> but then I, I will say this: the the next year when they beat the Celtics, that rekindled a lot because it was the Celtics, and like I literally did a Toyota jump for joy at the at the end of the game, <laughs> and of game seven. So like, it's weird how it brings you back like that. But yeah, so like, you you sort of do appreciate. There's a lot of things like well because it's. Just it's it's super depressing. The flip side of that, because if that's your mentality, then what the hell are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. what, what are you wasting all of your life life uh, time like following this, spending hours and hours 
of every week, every day, like following this, if, if your only reward is winning a championship, something that doesn't happen often at all, like, so like, that's what you're subjecting yourself to. Like you have to find, you have to find like reasons to keep going along the way. Otherwise it's like, what's the point not yeah. to get macabre, but yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, the Dave Roberts era has produced yeah. more painful moments than any yeah. other era, but way, way, way more happier moments than the Grady Little, Don Mattingly, Jim Tracy eras combined. Right, and then like, and so like, look, oh, the Dodgers lost two World Series under Dave Roberts. Well, guess how many they got to the previous twenty <laughs> twenty eight years. The last Euro, time they did like, it was Lasorda, right? <laughs> and, so, and I'm not sure we would be praising Lasorda in this day and age. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a, another thing. But, and so, <laughs> so, so Roberts, look, he's three years in. They have the best record in the National League under him. Uh, I think second best to Houston. I think overall in the majors um, in that time, they won two pennants um, with Dave Roberts. He's three years in. He signed a four year extension. You mentioned. Um, uh, he he did. They did pick up his option only because there was like a deadline to do so. And like all along, you have to give sort of the benefit of the doubt here. Um, both sides have been saying, "Look, we think this is going to happen. Uh, we just have to wait." Like Dodgers dealt with Kershaw and and to a lesser extent David Freeze at the end of the season. Then they lost Farhan Zaidi. Um, so they've sort of been dealing with a lot of stuff. You know, busy off season, and then they coaching staffs. A lot of guys left. Um, so Roberts was kind of a back burner issue, but knowing that like they weren't going to lose him made it like less less of the squeaky wheel. But they all, they always said like, look, this is going to happen. We we're, we're confident that it's going to get something done eventually, and they and they did. So now they have a four year extension. But they so they had um, his his extension or his option pickup was one point one million for next year. He's Roberts is in like the lower third, or he was in two thousand eighteen of managers' salaries. So. Uh, given the rumors, we haven't seen any of the financial numbers yet, but, uh, given like the rumors, I guess AJ Hinch signed like a four year, $12 million extension with the Astros, but he, you know, he won the world series. Yes. Um, so when he did that, so I would imagine Roberts is going to be in that neighborhood. Um, so that, that's sort of what, but like, it's something that like had to be done. Like, uh, Robert's success is not common. Like it's not. You know, look, oh, sure, he had the players and all that, but, like, you, you sort of um, – you mentioned Jim Tracy, and they, they had, like, a toxic relationship with him and Paul DePodesta, and like, there's a lot of fault on both sides in that. Um, but if you find a combination, like, you could – you know, the critics of Robert say he's a, he's a puppet for the front office. Uh, I don't think that's the case. You know, he certainly – but he, he's, like, along for the ride, and he goes along with their plan or whatever it is. Anytime you can get a kind of relationship like that, that's that's actually like collaborative and and not like at each other's throats the entire year, like that's something to like hold on to and cherish. So like that's worth it in itself, even even if it's like like necessarily a philosophy you don't agree in. Just from an organizational standpoint, it's strong because everyone's on the same page, and that seems to be what it is. Like. Um, so I think in that regard, it, it's good, and Roberts definitely deserved this. But you know, like we've talked about this before. I wrote about it earlier. Um, Roberts, when he was hired, there were four managers hired that offseason. One was Don Mattingly, who went from the Dodgers to the Marlins, not an uh, inexperienced manager. The other two were Scott Service and um, Andy Green. They did not have managerial experience, just like Roberts, and both got extensions this year before Roberts did. So like 
and they haven't won a damn thing. And so, like, Roberts clearly deserved this extension just from relative to, like, his profession. And so it was right that the Dodgers did this, and they finally got it done. And so, you know, they, they sort of get uh, – when we, we talked about, like, look, they had to get this done, they did. And so good, good on them. Some other ch- more minor changes in the coaching staff occurred. I don't have a lot. You mentioned that a lot occurred. I don't have the fullest in front of me. Do you? Yeah. Um, so they, the Dodgers did announce last week as well. They're they're like they finalized the coaching staff. You know, a lot of it's you guys returning like Rick Honeycutt uh, is the main one. He's been there forever um, as the pitching coach. Mark Pryor's back um, as bullpen coach. Um, they lost. Um, um, what's it called? Uh, Chris Woodward was was the main problem. Chris Woodward and Turner Ward, like like everyone who left was kind of like left on a promotion, basically. Like in some, except for Turner Ward, who who basically took the same position with the Reds, but like he he's like closer to his wife who's dealing with health issues. So that was like that played into that a little bit. So like, uh, but yeah, Chris Woodward managing the Rangers. So Dino Ebel is the new third base coach taking over for him. He was with the Angels recently, but he had he's actually was a coach in the minor league system for like uh, like 15 years, I think, wow. including his time as a player. It was like 17 years, uh, dating back to like 88. Um, so he was in the Dodgers minors a long time, like in the various different roles. Um, so he's back, but on the major league staff. Um, then, you know, with Turner Ward leaving, so they like, Dodgers last year had like these, they had two assistant hitting coaches who were, who kind of split time between, the major league staff and then like coordinating with minor league hitters. It was Brant Brown and Luis Ortiz. Ortiz went to join uh, Woodward staff in Texas. So Brant Brown is like, um, I think he is the, uh, actually I'll look it up because I, I had it in front of me, the list, but um, yeah. So Brant Brown is the hitting strategist now, uh, which, you know, it's it's all kind of under the same umbrella. He's the, basically like the assistant hitting coach or just helping. But so the guy that the Dodgers brought in was a gentleman named Robert Van Skoyak. I, it's S-C-O-Y-O-C. I, I can never, I don't know exactly how to pronounce that last name. But what he, he is kind of a unique guy in that um, he was not a like traditional coach. He was like a hitting consultant that a lot of players use. Like for instance, Chris Taylor went to him when he sort of remodeled his swing and, you know, proofs in the pudding there and in, in that he turned himself into a major leaguer basically um, after you know, it's not like Ben Squack didn't create Chris Taylor, but he helped um, JD Martinez. He was released by the Astros uh, like five or six years ago. Then he went to Detroit and sort of remade his career. Um, and he worked with Ben Skoyak, and he swears by him. So um, he was like an independent, like hitting um, consultant, like someone guys would go to, like either in the off season or you know just to bounce ideas off of things like that. So he worked with the the, the Diamondbacks hired him last year as sort of their he was hitting strategist for with them last year, and he would like literally like break down swings and offer suggestions, things like that. But yeah, so he's he's a hitting coach with the Dodgers now. So that's. That's new. Um, uh, George Lombard's back. Bob Guerin is the bench coach. He's back. He's been with Roberts every year uh, so far in LA. Um, the other, uh, the, the another assistant hitting coach is Aaron Bates, who was uh, a former uh, uh, player, uh, and then 
he's been in the Dodgers minor league system the last like five years, sort of bouncing around. So that's uh, he got a promotion. And then the other sort of uh, noteworthy um, addition was it's kind of funny. Uh, Chris uh, Jimenez. I can't remember if he's a hard G or soft G. It's Jimenez or Jimenez. I'm not sure. But he's, he was like a major league catcher the last, um, like, 10 years. He he literally was playing in 2018. and But he, he also, um, like, weirdly, uh, he's he's pitched a lot of, like, mop-up games. A lot of, like, um, he, he pitched in, like, 11, he has 11 career games pitched, um, including 10 in the last three years. So, like... He he was like the go-to guy for mop-up uh, pitching. So like, look, I'm not saying we, we saw <laughs> Kike pitch last year. But let's say the Dodgers need to emergency activate someone. He's still there, but yeah. So, but the best part about uh, Jimenez is that uh, I, nobody. I don't think he announced his retirement. You know, you know, from as a player. But like someone uh, just like a week before th- or the week of Thanksgiving, someone <laughs> just he. Um, sent him a, a tweet that said, uh, Jimenez, you suck at baseball, bro. And Jimenez, uh, re- quote, tweeted it with correction. I did suck at baseball. And, like, <laughs> nobody saw it at the time or, like, thought much of it. So, but that actually turned out at, uh, to, like, uh, signify his retirement. So that's one of the cooler retirement announcements you'll ever see. Uh, so, yeah, that's basically the coaching staff. It's hard to know much about these guys, honestly. Ben Skoyuk is the most interesting just because he has the, the different backstory. So um, that's that'll be exciting, and it'll be interesting to see sort of what how he works with guys, uh, you know, next season. Looking ahead to the winter meetings, Dodgers had to add some some minor league players to the 40-man to avoid some Rule 5 shenanigans. So we have a list of five new prospects on the 40-man. Is that right? Yeah. And so, you know, we talked about this, like Kaber Ruiz was going to be the obvious one. Right. And after that, it was like, they could add some guys and they might not. <laughs> you know, it's always like, who do they add? Because is the team really going to stash this guy on a major league roster the whole year and risk it? Some pitchers are maybe more likely you can stash someone in the bullpen, but hitters less likely, but you never know, like some of these guys. But yeah, so, but they actually added like four more guys, which was a lot. Um, but it was like the sort of the guys you kind of expect, like Yadier Alvarez, been like up and down as a prospect, not really a top prospect anymore, but still has like a lively arm. Don't know if he's going to be a starter or a reliever, but you know, still has the live arm, uh, and he's still young, really. Um, so, uh, and then, um, uh, Edwin Rios, Matt Beattie, the hitters, and then Josh Spores, uh, sort of an, an underrated, uh, reliever, probably. He was the most outstanding player in the College World Series with Virginia in 2015. Dodgers got him in the second round. It was the same. They played um, Vanderbilt in the finals, and that was uh, Walker Buehler's team. So that was the same draft. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I think Spores probably at some point will, you know, pitch in the bullpen. You know, we've seen how aggressive the Dodgers are in calling guys up. Uh, So, yeah, those are interesting. But, like, to make room, the Dodgers only had – with Ryu, um, except in the qualifying offer, they were already at like 39 players. So they had to clear four spots. And it was, um, they, uh, it, we talked about this before where the, the Dodgers had a load of like pitchers who were out of options and are eligible and uh, who probably weren't going to see a, a long uh, time on the 40 man roster. And so they basically like clean house. Tom Kohler coming back from shoulder injury, uh, are eligible, gone. Um, Eric Goodell, 
um, also coming back from injury, uh, gone. And Zach Roskup, lefty, out of options, gone. Um, and then they traded Tim Locastro to the Yankees to clear up a spot. And then and, and eventually uh, uh, they also did the same. Pat Venditti uh, did, was not out of options, but sort of uh, on the fringes there. Uh, they they um, designated him and, and made him a free agent uh, last week as well. And I'm I'm kind of shocked this wasn't our lead story. The Dodgers did make a trade. Yes. Before the winter meetings. And I had they, to ask you who he was. <laughs> so they they traded they traded for a guy um, who was actually uh, from out here. He went to Bonita High School in Laverne and Azusa Pacific um, uh, in Azusa, which is actually pretty near where my apartment is, uh, actually. But yeah, he's a left-hander, Adam McCreary. Um he pitched in the minors, like, I guess, lively arm, walks a lot. You know, you're, you're sort of typical, like, reliever, lottery guy. Um, decent amount of strikeouts, but also walk. He walked uh, last year in, um, looks like, yeah, 71 strikeouts in 55 innings, but also 37 walks in the minors. So, you know, hit or miss type of guy. But he's on the 40-man. Um, he actually made his major league debut last year. Uh, he, he pitched an inning, gave up two runs on four hits, but he also struck out two. So like, who, who knows, right? But that's, that's he has uh, the one thing I will I noticed that I sort of like on his Twitter account. Um, <laughs> he lists in his as his bio wrong hander um, instead of left hander. So I kind of like that, except that he hasn't updated it because it still says Atlanta Braves organization. So yeah, it was. Um, that was like a trade for cash, I believe. Cash considerations. That that was the move that they um, they had to they got rid of Pat Venditti to put Adam McCreary on. So yeah, those are all uh, kind of cleaning house at the bottom of the forty man a little bit. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of where we're at. The other thing you and I talked about two weeks ago that we kind of as an, an item to look forward to kind of before the winter meetings was non tender candidates for the Dodgers. Uh, and after after that house was cleared, they all got them. Right, yeah, like no no one got non tendered after those other guys were dropped. Um, Tony Singrani actually got a they they worked out a deal. He's our eligible or was, and uh, he he signed for one year two point six five million. MLB trade rumors had estimated his arbitration at two point seven million, so they were way off. Um, we talked so, about this last year. When was the last time the Dodgers actually went through arbitration? Uh, it still has been. Um, it was Joe Bimal uh, <laughs> wow. in, in, in 2007. Was I believe. Kim Ain handling those negotiations? Yes, and, and, and guess Let's what? Say, Kim, there was something they were way more willing to do when they had her. Kim, in the Kim Ang. Office. Kim Ang won. Yeah, uh, because Kim <laughs> Ang always wins. So uh, yeah, and so the, yeah, it's uh, they haven't um, they haven't gone through arbitration since then. I hope she gets a a, a GM job. At some or, yeah, it's she deserves like she definitely talked to like, a uh, bunch of Dodger uh, Dodger thoughts commentators, including you and me. And I, it's still one of the highlights of my baseball fan career. I just remember really liking what she talked about. That was a uh, Dodger Thoughts outing, um, and we got yeah, sort of behind the behind the scenes. So besides <laughs> besides Tommy Lasorda uh, doing, we, we were making Simpsons jokes when he was talking. Uh, but uh, I just I do remember the Kang thing a lot, and I just remember too. One of the questions was, "What's the best pitch in baseball?" And she said, "Strike, Strike one. one." Yep, that was that so is good. Still, when evaluating yeah. how is a pitcher doing, that's like because of that talk. It's what I'm always looking at. How often yeah. are they getting that first strike over? 
that's that struck me too. It was it was really cool, and no, it was great. So, um, she, you know, her name's brought up a lot of times. It's like almost as a prop because Which you sucks. know, yeah, <laughs> and, and you 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 hope she would get a fair shot at some point, and maybe I don't know if that's going to happen, but like you know, who knows? But uh, yeah, so. Um, yeah, that was the last time the Dodgers went to arbitration. So, <laughs> so you, uh, so you imagine uh, similar to Singrani, a lot of other things we're going to get, a lot of contracts will get worked out. Uh, when when is arbitration? Um, I, I I don't have the actual date in front of me, but it's January. It's like mid January, like the fifteenth okay. ish. Plenty of time. So yeah, that, that's when the exchange is, and then it's not. It's a soft deadline in that you know teams can still negotiate after that the Dodgers have been notoriously um what they call a file and trial team so <laughs> if, if, if it gets to that point where the two teams haven't agreed and they actually exchange numbers then I think the Dodgers cut it off at that point a lot of teams do this and the reason is uh, bec- for a long time I think um agents and teams alike sort of uh you know you sort of use that they didn't treat that as a hard deadline and it sort of bogged down negotiations because they would just make outlandish like asks knowing that they'd eventually get to somewhere in the middle but with this it, it sort of expedite the uh, expedites the uh, process a little bit that teams make a or teams and agents both like get down to the nitty-gritty faster like they they make actual offers <laughs> so uh and it gets to the you know their the whatever the number is and i think the teams they they analyze both sides they analyze it so intently they have a pretty good idea of what the number is going to be roughly and they they just have to argue on one dollar to the to either side of it the, the midpoint so to win their way so if they strategize and get to a number they think they can win i they think they just they're not going to let it um they're just going to you know, use that as a deadline. So uh, it's it's worked in that they've signed everyone so far. Um, arbitration hearings, it, like the process itself, it's it seems it's needlessly corrosive to me in that, you know, it's a player who's not a free agent. And it's a player you, in theory, still want. And uh, you still have a relationship with. you don't want him. <laughs> and, and you're like, or, but you're like, the entire process is you're basically the team by nature of the process is trying to say, here's why this guy isn't very good. (laughs) (laughs) So we shouldn't have to pay him X amount of dollars. And then your, your entire case is built on saying this player isn't that good. And the player, sometimes they're in there, sometimes they're not, but the, just that hearing that has got to be like ridiculous. Like uh, (laughs) it's not good. And so, um, yeah, so it's good that they avoid, um, the hearings whenever possible. And the Dodgers have done that for like a dozen years. So, And with that, Dodgers have kind of taken care of most of the bookkeeping that you and I talked about heading into the winter meetings. Leading both, it was something you, you thought maybe it was such a dire need that maybe they would take care of it quickly. Uh, but it certainly is going to be the sort of the lead need going to the winter meetings is the Dodgers don't really have a catcher. Right. But, uh, the, the, only, the only sort of... Um, as as um, Andrew Friedman put it, the only HR thing they still have, they still technically don't have a GM. Ah, so, but we'll, we'll add, that'll <laughs> that'll come eventually. But yeah, you're right. Catcher is the glaring sore thumb need um, of the team. So like, yeah, that's sort of um, 
that has to be sort of the focus, I think, going into the winter meetings. Um, so, yeah, exactly. And I know you wanted to bring up one of the names that had kind of been rumored as a, a solution to that is no longer an option for the Dodgers. Right. So, uh, yeah, the, we've heard a lot of, you know, rumors. Like everyone talks about like JT Real Muto as a trade guy or um, some of the free agents out there. You know, Yasmani Grandal, obviously a free agent. I don't think the Dodgers are going to resign him just because he's going to get a multi-year deal somewhere. They need more of a like a stopgap guy um, if they're doing that. But anyway, one of the free agent or the, one of the trade targets was Jan Gomes of the Indians. Um, but he was just traded um, to the Nationals. So he's uh, off the market. So that like sort of eliminates one possibility. But it, it does bring up an interesting point because the Indians, like who are perennially the best team in the AL Central, like are weirdly like cutting costs right now. <laughs> so like, is it a tie? Like, I don't know if they're, I mean, I think they, they're still planning to like compete. So are it's they? very odd. Or do yeah. they want to move to Miami? Be a second Ooh, team. Wait a minute. Are, are we? Are, <laughs> is this a major league scenario? Is that what you're proposing? I, I may be suggesting that. Wow. So anything that leads to someone actually running the final play of major league, I'm for. So like, if it gets to, if they have to do a, a spring training shenanigans where they uh, they invite Willie Mays Hayes to Goodyear next year, I'm in. I am all in. One of the interesting things you brought brought up the Indian trade rumors was that kind of the frontliner for a lot of the rumors going on with the Dodgers in terms of trade are seeking starting pitching, which I found sort of interesting considering the Dodgers depth at starting pitching is sort of a strength that they've relied on being able to go to a six man rotation, being able to give guys a lot of rest. It, does this surprise you? Obviously they're just rumors, so we don't know how valid they are, but it seemed to be fairly credible that they were, you know, kicking the tires on getting one more sort of like, number one, number two level starting pitcher. Yeah, I think it it, it, it tracks for me in that uh, they do have a lot of depth, but I, I think anytime they would they could try to swing big and try to get someone who, who slots in at the top, near the top of the rotation, like it just sort of, it helps everything out. Like either it moves everyone down a peg and it even creates more depth or it consolidates a little bit and... Um, so they, they, you know, trying to sort of have the best possible, you know, 25 man uh, or whatever, or like starting staff, that kind of a thing. So I, I think it's it's a real thing. Like uh, actually Ken Rosenthal at The Athletic wrote about that this morning, a, a little bit about the Dodgers more more of in passing. But, you know, he, he kind of mentioned this, like they're, they're, they're thinking about like swinging big or they should um, at the winter meetings because like they – they have like all these starting pitchers and they have like all these outfielders, but it's, you know, they, they should consider like packaging some of them to get like even higher end talent at the top, that kind of a thing. Um, so it, it kind of makes sense in, in some level. Um, and especially if like some of these guys are available, like the Indians, we mentioned like their, their big strength was starting pitching um, or one of them. And um they're, you know, they're talking about they have like Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco, uh, Trevor Bauer, and they like, um, I, th- I always forget if it's Steve or Mike Clevenger. It's one of the two. Anyway, but um, <laughs> so uh, Carrasco is on like a team friendly deal. He's less likely to be traded. Like they're, I guess they're trying to cut costs. Corey Kluber, I think also 
like a very under market deal. He's like a perennial Cy Young contender. Um, also has a lot of mileage on the arm if we're talking about that. So the, he his name is in the rumors a lot, but also pretty good deal. Trevor Bauer is the you talk about like ownership being conservative just generally. Um, the one thing they want is cost certainty, and Tr- Trevor Bauer is like a very good like he pitched like at a Cy Young level this year. He just got hurt at the wrong time, like and didn't um, finish his year. He was hurt down the stretch, um, but like he has two beers left, so the cost certainty isn't there. And next year, two thousand twenty, he's gonna he's gonna probably be like a a twenty million dollar pitcher, something the Indians do not have at the moment in terms of cost. So <clears throat> I think he's the most likely to go um, if they do decide to trade. I think the Dodgers would sort of certainly listen and be all in on that kind of thing. So it just, you know, who knows what it would take to get that done. But I think that they do have the pieces to do it. Like we mentioned all the outfield depth that at the moment, that means they don't have a spot for Alex Verdugo. Um, and he's certainly someone who could fetch someone. And like, depending on what they do at catcher, like if, if they, if they swing big and try to get JT Real Muto, it doesn't really matter that you have K. Ruiz and Will Smith at the ready if they're not going to have a job in in 2020. You, you might use one of those guys or both to trade for better players. So, like this is sort of that that line of thinking, and I think that's sort of where it plays in. But like I said, we talked about this. The Dodgers have their flexibility gives them options. And so it doesn't have to be trading for specific, like a specific thing. But if, if something like, you know, strikes their fancy and is, is like a really good target, maybe it is the time for them to sort of um, sort of make that move. Well, to wrap up, I have a number here. Number of 40-man transactions that will occur between a week from today, the so the 10th, and let's say, I don't know, the 14th? Let's say the four, 13th. Let's say Monday through Thursday. By 11.59 p.m. Pacific time on December 13th. Yeah, so the winter meetings, um, yeah, technically start Monday. Everyone kind of gets their Sunday. I'm going this year. It's in Vegas. Uh, Craig Manami also is going. Going to have dual um, True Blue LA representation. Can I make a recommendation for the two of you? Oh, do it. You should go to, oh, now I'm forgetting its name. It's in the Venetian. Hold on. Venetian. Craig would know it. Uh, breakfast. It's Thomas Keller's joint. Okay. Bouchon. Nice. Okay. Go to Bouchon and have breakfast, and you will thank me when you're when you're back. I will say I was blind to the Venetian uh, breakfast option there. Uh, oh, anyway. There you go. Um, but yeah, so winter meetings will be there. So we get to last time. The only winter meetings I went to was 2014, and that was the first. Um, Winter meetings for the new Dodgers front office under Friedman, and they had Farhan Zaidi at the time. They, they hit and that's the when they, over. They hit the over. Yeah, that, <laughs> I'll let that's, you know right that's now. when they made like a billion D trades. So like that was fun. I don't know if it's going to be that, but it would be amazing if it is. Um, so let's say so the 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 number I have of, a number. Pl- the number I have for you is yeah. two and a half. Okay, and I I take this to mean adding two two and a half players to the forty man roster. I'm saying. Right? transactions or, 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 oh total transactions okay yeah so it could be a trade could be a signing yeah um you know what just for fun i'm i'm leaning in i'm gonna take the over okay i thought two, I, th- I thought two and a half was a, a little aggressive and i think it yeah is, but, but you know what Let, let's go three or four let's do it 
Okay. And I'm counting. Oh, I'm counting Ryan Lavarnway because that's what happened. Like, <laughs> they, they traded Drew Butera last so this, time. Like, so this is why I I went a little aggressive. I'm like, there's I I'm expecting. I'm not talking about major. I'm anything. There's going to be at least one silly trade, roster. yeah, <laughs> or one dumb trade, or one silly signing that technically affects the forty man. So. Yeah, or or they claim someone who gets DFA'd to like the next two days, and then he gets added to the roster. And then they they end up um, DFAing him two days later. <laughs> that's two transactions. That's so, man. That's like your pace for itself, right there. So you'll take the over. I'll take the under with the mm-hmm. caveat that there's then going to be three, like that Friday or something. Right. Exactly. It'll be as soon as the clock strikes midnight. Yeah. Thursday night. Ah, <laughs> oh, dang, we just missed it. Well, yeah, you did. So, I did it. So. Well, no, yeah, I'm you fine. look. You accurately predicted it. So, so you're going to be going to Vegas. I'm actually going to yeah. be in Oregon uh, during that entire week. So, you and I are going to take next week off, bearing a really big deal, and then you and I will try to make it work. I'll call it. I am going to be on Mount Hood in Oregon, where nice. I don't think they have telephones, so I may not <laughs> be able to reach you. Maybe able to Morse code you. What I what I my uh, my pithy reactions, but if not, if, I'm back on Thursday, and hopefully you and I can get together and talk about it. Otherwise, we'll have our normal episode two weeks from today. Absolutely. So if the Dodgers have like a starting catcher sometime in between now and the next two weeks, then we will definitely do a uh, different episode or a new episode of the I podcast. Don't know. Maybe depends uh, on who uh, the starting yeah. catcher is. <laughs> right. Look, if they if, look, I'll say right now, if they if they sign uh, Martin Maldonado as a free agent, we are not doing an emergency yeah. podcast. <laughs> so other than that, we'll, we'll we'll see you in two weeks or sooner. Question mark. Thank you.